Alleluia, Christ is risen. He is risen indeed. Alleluia. There were two men who were leaving Jerusalem on Sunday after the Passover. They were downcast and they were looking sad. And they were talking about Jesus of Nazareth, whom they had hoped would have been the one to redeem Israel. They had seen Jesus ride in on Palm Sunday, and they thought that they were witnessing history in the making. They could hardly contain their excitement. They were, but they didn't realize it. For on Good Friday, they saw Jesus crucified, and they saw his 11 disciples go into hiding. In fact, over the weekend, they were hiding with them. But then comes Sunday. They decided, they decided to leave and to head back to their homes. They did the only thing they could do after the hope that had risen in them had been squelched. They returned to where they were before they ever heard of this Jesus. But then as they walked, the unthinkable happened, and Jesus came and walked among them. But their eyes were kept from recognizing him. Jesus had risen from the dead, and he was standing closer to them than I am standing to you. But they didn't recognize him. This makes me think, We are Jesus' body, and we are the church. But we often act as if he were far away from us, as if though he doesn't hear our conversations, or as though he doesn't see our actions. Yet at any moment, he who is the risen Lord could appear, and on the last day he will. The day that he returns for us could be at any moment. And in that moment, we will recognize that he was right next to us all along. But Jesus then asks them what they were talking about. And they told him about the hope that they had lost when they saw Jesus laid in the tomb. Jesus said to them, O foolish ones, and slow to heart to believe all that the prophets had spoken. Was it not necessary that the Christ should suffer these things and enter into his glory? And beginning with Moses and all of the prophets, he had interpreted to them the scriptures, the things concerning himself. These men were being convinced that Jesus was alive, not through miracles, but rather they were being convinced that Jesus was alive the same way we are, through God's word. You see, these men thought that Jesus was the Christ through God's word, and they thought that Jesus was alive again Through the same word. These men wanted to know more, so they begged this unknown man to stay with them. But they were begging him to stay 
not because of who he was, but because this man, who was Jesus in disguise, he was showing them Jesus in the Bible. So Jesus stayed with them, and when he was at the table with them, he took the bread and blessed and broke it and gave it to them. And their eyes were opened, and they recognized him. And he vanished from their sight. And they said to each other, Did not our hearts burn within us while, we talked, while he talked to us on the road, while he opened to us the scriptures? Jesus made himself known in the breaking of bread. And many theologians think that this was the Lord's Supper. And our theologians do not object to this thought. Here Jesus pointed to himself in the scriptures to be made known in the sacrament. The risen Jesus made himself known in the last place that these men thought to look. Where do we look for Jesus? It's an interesting thought. We're interesting question. Where do we look for him? Do we seek out God in miracles? Do we seek him out in answered prayer? Do we seek him out in emotional experiences? Do we seek him out in the perfect church community? He has not promised to be there for us in those places. He has promised to be there for us in his word, in his sacrament, and when people are gathered around him. Those men who left Jerusalem in sadness, they rose that same hour and returned. And they found the eleven and those who were with them gathered together saying, The Lord has risen indeed and has appeared to Simon. Then they told what had happened on the road and how he was made known to them in the breaking of the bread. And as they were talking about these things, Jesus himself stood among them. And then he said to them, peace to you. They must have startled, this must have startled the disciples who were in hiding with the doors locked for fear of the Jews. Let me just run down their day. I can't imagine what they were thinking when they listened to these two men babble on with joy. We know that one of them didn't believe it. We knew that Thomas had had enough. He sat up and he left. <laughs> Let's run through this. The others remained in, in uh, they remained, but here's what went on that day. You can see this crazy scene. Here are the paranoid disciples locked away in fear all day long. They are receiving mysterious messages saying that Jesus was not dead, but rather he was indeed alive. That morning, the Marys said that they had seen an angel, (laughs) and the angel said that they weren't dead. Peter and John run out of the upper, run out of hiding. They go to the tomb. They come back. They say it's just as the Marys had said. Mary goes back with Peter and John. She hangs out afterwards, and then she sees Jesus. 
she comes running back, tells the disciples, not only have I seen an angel, now I have seen the risen Lord. And now these guys come back and say that they've seen the risen Lord. What? A crazy day. And why didn't Jesus appear to us yet? Thomas had enough. He gets up and leaves. Just after this, Peter comes, or Jesus comes, and he stands in their midst. He tells them to have peace. But this is an information overload. And the disciples were startled and frightened. And they thought they saw a spirit. This is an amazing thing because together they are thinking that they are seeing a collective hallucination. And they don't believe it's really him. Jesus tries to show them it's him. Shows them the hands, the feet. They say they still disbelieve. But for joy, they are confused. Jesus shows them proof after proof and they were in one state of disbelief after another. And nothing clicked for them until Jesus showed them the scriptures. He said to them, These are my words that I spoke to you while I was still with you, that everything written about me in the law of Moses, the prophets, and the Psalms must be fulfilled. Then he opened their minds to understand the scriptures. Thus it is written that the Christ should suffer and on the third day rise and that repentance and forgiveness of sins should be proclaimed in his name to all nations beginning at Jerusalem. And you are my witnesses to these things. Here we see again that Jesus, the Word made flesh, was made known in the Word of God. That peace that Jesus spoke to them wasn't received until they saw the Scripture. Without the Word, they didn't know what to think. But with the Word, they had peace, they had forgiveness. And they had a message for the world around them. The message that Jesus died and now lives and that he has earned forgiveness of sins for all the world to be received in the water, in the word, to be received in the reception of the forgiveness of sins and to be made known in the breaking of the bread. Through the scriptures proclaimed the word in the washing and the word in the eating, we receive peace that Jesus gives, the peace that surpasses all understanding. I don't know where you are in your life today. I don't know if you are disappointed and sad like the man on the road to Emmaus. I don't know if you are filled with anxiety and fear and a sense of overwhelming confusion 
like the 11 disciples were. I don't know if you are filled with grief and depression like Mary Magdalene was. But the peace that they received in the scriptures, the forgiveness of sins, the breaking of the bread, is for you in the same place. Through the scriptures, God shares that even in your darkest moments, Jesus is closer to you. He is closer to you right now than the very air that you breathed. He has risen from the dead, and nothing can overcome him, and nothing can take away the place in heaven that he is preparing for you. No matter what happens to you, your future is secure. In his word, you have peace that surpasses all understanding. Not only do you have peace, but you carry with you fruit. That is, you carry with you love for your neighbor. And more than your physical words and acts of love for your neighbor, you carry with you the word of God. The word that brings peace. The disciples carried the word of God with them. And we believe, not because of any miracles or visions. But we believe because of the word that they share. Jesus laid this out in John 17. He said, I not only pray for these, the eleven, but for those who will believe in me according to their word. That's you guys. You believe in Jesus because of the disciples' word, the word of the witnesses, showing how Jesus fulfilled the scriptures. We pray that this word that we carry with us will bring fruit and will bring faith in the lives of the people that we meet. You're here not just for your future. Your future is heaven. You are here For your neighbor. That's tough to wrap our minds around. Because everything in our culture says. You are here to get the best stuff that you can get. That's not why you're here. You are here because people don't know Jesus. Whatever your vocation is. Whether you're an engineer whether you're a farmer, whether you're a nurse, whatever it is, you are here because God loves the world. The things you do keep people alive until they hear that word that can bring them peace and give them a future in heaven like you have. We pray that they would have the peace that Jesus gives And that we would see our neighbor in heaven with us. Alleluia. Christ is risen. He is risen indeed. Alleluia.